Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. As always, I am your host, Peter Eklund, and I am so excited that you are here to listen in as me and my guests give our thoughts about the latest movie to hit Disney Plus this week, the one and only Ivan. To do that, my guests are the Merrills. You remember them back from Fantasia or Tyler back when we did um, Onward. Yep, so that's Tyler and Abby, and we're going to review that movie with me today. What I love particularly about this episode is these guys, they do their research. We take a deep dive into the real, true-life story of Ivan and um, just his story of being in captivity and then being this, um, I don't know, attraction that was um, out in this mall. And I'll tell you, um, they definitely Disney-fied this story in the movie. Um, but before we get too much into that, let me tell you, well, you know the spiel. Check out our Facebook page, leave a review. We've got a lot of stuff going on over there. Better yet, leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Help this show become more discoverable for more listeners. Um, I have to believe that more people out there want to listen to a podcast that's specializing with the content that is on Disney+. Plus. Help me find those people by leaving your thoughts for the show. And if you do, I'll read them on the air. Okay, with that, let's get to my co-host for this week. Let's talk about an artistic gorilla, a baby elephant, and an incredible rabbit. All right, see you guys in a sec. All right, you know them, you love them. Tyler and Abby Merrill, they're back on the show. They are here together. Previously, they were on the episode of Fantasia. That was just a few weeks ago. Tyler and Abby, thank you for coming back on the show. Woohoo! It's good to be back. And we got, of course, Django is here as well. In spirit, he's asleep. That is true. <laughs> we'll see if he stays there. So what's new, guys? What have you guys been up to? Um, I don't know. The joys of sleep schedule and <laughs> trying to get a kid to nap. That's about it. <laughs> he's, he's getting big. Mm-hmm. He is. He's growing out of clothes fast. We're... Trying to um, get him comfortable sleeping in his own crib for the first time. How's that going? Um, Not great. (laughs) As long as we're sleeping in there also, then yes. But, you know, he doesn't seem to like having a room to himself. (laughs) Which defeats the purpose of the crib. (laughs) Baby steps. Literally baby steps. Literally. But yeah. No, it's been good. He's been healthy. He's been an adventure. And Abby's been healthy. And that's good. Good. How many months is he now? Three and a half, almost. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just speeding right along. Yes, and he is a babbler. If he was awake, he'd probably talk, well, the whole time. <laughs> wow. That, was that you or was that Jenga? Oh, well, that's for the listeners to decide. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you guys been doing, obviously, other than raising a little one? You guys been watching anything good? Been doing anything new and exciting? Okay, so I've been trying to watch... Uh, a warrior nun is that it Ooh, on netflix. netflix it's actually it's like, better than i thought it would be it's like quadriplegic girl in was it in spain or something i don't know anyway she gets she apparently she gets some like like magic halo inserted into her back and suddenly she can walk and holy superpowers she got holy superpowers she senses demons whoa real crazy yeah with a name like warrior nuns you know it has to be good <laughs> i've heard a little bit about it i haven't watched anything of it yet it's kind of a silly name it's oh it's such a silly name 
<laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Buffy to some degree from the description. Yep. For sure. And it definitely is like very loosely like using the, the theme of religion it seems so. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been, you know, it's okay. been fun. It's like watching The Matrix. You it's know? like watching Buffy mixed with Constantine. That's what, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Constantine. That's Constantine. how you pronounce it. Yeah, you're a no. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and Django and I have been very busy watching Supermarket Sweep, so. <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot of fun. Yes. It's a lot of fun. I'm still... Just catching up on Simpsons, um, making good way about it. I'm still about a quarter of the way in, considering all the episodes that they go past. <laughs> be forty by the time you're done. Oh with my the gosh, Simpsons, man, Ugh, that's awesome. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay, so um, man, we're not wasting too much time here before we get into the the main topic. Um, I asked these guys to watch the movie The One and Only Ivan. <laughs> Um, this episode right here is going to be the greatest show on earth as we discuss it and we break this movie down. Um, the reason why I asked these two to help me review this movie is just the interests that surround, um, particularly Abby, um, when it comes to the themes of this movie. You're telling me this movie has a gorilla. That's already one. Where it's just like Abby loves movies with gorillas and apes and secondly has a whole other aspect of art so uh-huh. it really seems on the surface to be the perfect movie for abby right abs no no <laughs> <laughs> surface yes it had such great potential and it was terrible okay <laughs> personal <laughs> opinion <laughs> and that's the podcast everyone. <laughs> could be here <laughs> so so abby let's like, before we get too far into the review because i think we know how you feel about this just off the cuff um what is it about monkeys and apes that that you really love well i don't know what it is about them i just think they're awesome i mean they share a lot of our dna and our anatomy and i just think that's very cool in general um i mean gorillas specifically like coco the gorilla uh learned sign language and i also love sign language and i took a lot of ape and primate studies in college so i don't know i just like it king kong is one of the best movies ever made so yes i agree the original 1930s king no. kong jack black king kong jack black king kong jack black king kong he's only an actor yeah, like no one that. ever refers to that movie as the jack black yeah, king kong by jack black. <laughs> that's the peter jackson king kong okay fine the well, director of lord of the rings i love it um, but no, really, whenever, like, in the, even the last few years, whenever there's a movie that comes out in theaters, and, like, even when it was Rampage, I was like, that's an Abbey movie. Yep. Yeah. Kong Skull Island, that's an Abbey movie. Yep. Any of the Planet of the Apes movies, it's in the title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and chimpanzees speaking sign language and fighting each other on horses, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that one particular oh. scene where, like, it's a, a slow motion gun. horse with two machine guns going through a fire. Like, oh. Have you see, ever seen anything so B.A. before in your oh, whole life? No. I have that on a poster in the garage, okay? I like, believe you. <laughs> I want to be as cool as that ape someday. It's Caesar. It is Caesar. Man, that's awesome. Tyler, how do you feel about monkeys and apes? Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, one, I like them a lot because they, I love, I love when you're watching them in nature, like, the mischief they get well just in any any situation like there's a lot of mischief they get into you know and it's really that's really fun 
Um, I was an avid tree climber as a kid, <laughs> and so you know I was frequently uh, called Monkey Boy and all that type of stuff. And yeah. it was my screen name for a while back in the AOL days. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, monkeys. Apes, yeah. Hit up yeah. Monkey Boys three seven something. <laughs> don't give away his AOL handle. I'm, I'm not gonna correct you. Cause I don't want viewers to contact my. My adolescent email address <laughs> that I'm gonna check next year. So. <laughs> your your old um, AIM instant messenger. Yes. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> man, what was I gonna say? That was monkeys. We were talking about. I like monkeys. Right. This monkeys. is not monkeys. Monkeys and apes are very different. That's people. true. Okay. That's that's true. We're, we're talking about apes tonight. Specifically talking about my monkey boy thing. That's okay. All. Fair enough. I asked, Jeez. how do you feel about monkeys and apes? Yeah, so that's well, covered. Hot button issue. Be careful. Right. Get it right in front of Abby. If I if I call Ivan a monkey, I'll You're probably done. get kicked out of the Very house. <laughs> the podcast becomes evidence. That for... is that is it. It is over. Okay, so this movie, um, which has to do with a ape, is a gorilla mm-hmm. named Ivan. It it centers on around a group of circus animals um <laughs> who reside in a mall attraction ran by its showrunner mac played by brian cranston um the main characters of the movie though are the animals um the title character is ivan the gorilla played by sam rockwell he's voiced by him this very highly advanced um visual effects were kind of similar as the jungle book and um also the lion king where the animals talk Ivan is the marquee attraction who is in recent years been falling in popularity, which leads Mac to look for new ways to attract guests to the show. Um, one being a new addition in the form of a baby elephant who is new to the group and the other new um, found talent of Ivan, um, which is him being able to create art is also being used to try to bring more um, attention, popularity, Back to the show. How much, though, are the animals interested in performing when the notion of getting back into the wild is discovered is the question of this movie. So, Abby, I already kind of think I got your general thoughts already a little bit, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) What are your general thoughts? First two minutes of the movie is the gorilla Ivan saying, Hi! I'm a gorilla. My name's Ivan. Yeah. And I was instantly like, nope, don't like it. <laughs> what do you mean? How is that, how is that why you, you decide? It wasn't, did it get better from that point or was it just, well, did it just keep going down? I was really hoping that they were going to make this like an educational movie for kids about, you know, how we should treat animals better and all these kind of cool things. And gorillas have the ability to communicate with humans through sign language. Mm -hmm. And yet they still had this, like, cheesy, like, it looked like he was lip-syncing. And, like, all the CGI, I don't know. I just prefer... I was hoping at least it'd be more like the Milo and Otis movie where like their mouths were not moving, Mm. but a human was narrating it and that was fine. Like also Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. That that kind of stuff where I I very much appreciate that more. It's more realistic than a gorilla making mouth movements. (laughs) So you're, you're distracted by that whole visual effects thing where you, the, you see the characters. So you did probably didn't like that with the jungle book. You probably didn't like that with um, The Lion King either. Nope. So, Tyler. Yes. um, General thoughts of the movie. Okay, yeah. So, um, I probably 
So I probably won't watch it again or recommend it to somebody. Um, just because, you know, like I was talking about how like, yeah, he's like, hi, my name's Ivan. He spent like five minutes like telling me the story. And I'm like, I just want mm. the story to just happen and me observe it. I don't need to be told what's happening. Yeah. I just want to see it happen and then, you know, figure it out for myself. So there's no like, you know, it was just like, I know that this was, um, this movie was based after a book which was based on something that really happened, but like it felt like it was just reading directly from the page one of the book, which right. maybe is what they were trying to do, but wasn't really, wasn't really my thing. I was just like, when can the movie start already mm-hmm. with, without the, without the, the narration, so to speak? So it kind of fell into that problem that a lot of movies fall into where it's like, show, don't tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, for me, for the most part, um, there are things I liked about it, sure. yeah. generally. There is, um, it was a little slow at times, even for an hour and a half movie, where it did seem a little boring. Um, I felt, I can go into a little bit further, but I don't think I had as much of a visceral reaction <laughs> as, um, oh, yeah. particularly Abby yeah. had in regards to this movie. I was just so excited that it would be like a fun children's movie featuring a gorilla based on animal rights that I could show my kid. And I'm still going to show it to him probably someday because it does have a great message, but I was just, it did not live up to my dreams. I think it's just, she has got a visceral reaction because she's disappointed with yes. it. Yes. Mm. She, <laughs> she had very high hopes for it and it didn't, it didn't really latch for her, I guess. It's like when you kind of go into something with a certain degree yeah. of expectation like, oh, and it's, yes. oh, yeah. No. Hope, yeah. You usually hope for the opposite to happen. You have kind of mitigated expectations and you go and you go, that was a lot better than I thought. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to me because based upon all the other movies that have been a Disney Plus original movie, um, the expectation is definitely low. <laughs> and I kind of watched this and go, this is a lot better than Magic Camp. This is a lot yeah. better than <laughs> Artemis Fowl. True, so yeah. I, was, I think I had a little bit more of a um, positive thought so, of this movie just based upon other Disney stuff. Though I will say... Togo is fantastic. That is a great one. Definitely on my list. (laughs) Um, Okay, so how did you feel about the visual effects, Tyler? We know how Abby felt. Um, Okay, so yeah, I mean, it did. It seemed kind of weird to me, Um, and like the animals were like, I don't know. The elephant, yeah, I I feel like the elephants were good. I felt like the elephants were like were pretty realistic. I feel like their their motions were were pretty good, but. I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where, like, a realistic-looking animal who talks is going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's not jarring. And, like, just if you ignored just their mouth and their lip movements, visual effects were great. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. It was, like... It looked natural. It looked yeah. Real yeah. In that regard. You know? So. It was just I couldn't take my eyes <laughs> off the face, which didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you know, there was times where I could really see the motion capture. Mm-hmm. And I could really see, honestly, like being familiar with the look of Sam Rockwell, I could see him in Ivan, you know, <laughs> which is like, I don't know if that's what I want. And then also you think about like, oh, I'm not even going to go there. Never sure, mind. But sure. <clears throat> but honestly, I think there are some things within the cast and within the characters I definitely like. Before we get to Ivan or we get to the other characters, the animal characters, let's talk about Brian Cranston. He was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely the one, as far as it being a human character, the one we kind of spend the most time with within the movie. Mm-hmm. He was believable, and I liked him as a character, I think. Um, 
Yeah, I don't really have any like negative things to say about him as a character. Yeah, it seemed like like as his character, it was cool to see that you know, except for this one particular scene where he's trying to train um, the new baby elf and Ruby to do stuff. That's I feel like one of the few times he he's portrayed negatively. Mm-hmm. All the other times, it seems like he genuinely cares about his animals. It it, it seems like in the movie and. Um, as far as, like, the actor himself, it very much seemed to me that, uh, he was like the dad from Malcolm the Middle again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. just like, oh, now here's, here's the Brian Cranston? Yes. Go, oh, I'm terrible with actor names, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's the guy I know for sure, that I knew from watching Malcolm in the Middle, and that was really fun to see him in that light again, just, like, when he's on stage and being goofy. That, that's, yeah. that, that's him kind of being the dad. And, uh, so that was cool, and it, it was fun to see him. Uh, see him again. I will say my favorite part of the movie, which I will get like this whole five minute segment, I say they shouldn't have changed a thing, it was perfect, was when they did like a flashback of how um, Ivan grew up in Brian Cranston's house with yeah. the, the female figure and it was just kind of a, almost like a silent story like at the beginning of Up. You know, yeah. and it was perfectly done. It was very accurate to what I was hoping the whole movie would be like that sure, kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. And that was very good. See, okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to say, I think one of the problems that I had with the movie, and I think it really has to do with the editing of the film. Because okay. I feel like there were scenes that were left out. Because I had the notion, kind of as I was watching it, I hit a moment where I'm like, does he like Ivan anymore? Like, I needed to have that be a reminder. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there were moments where I felt like he was just kind of, obviously um jaded and broken with like the i think with his marriage falling apart right and you know he he had this this gorilla that was his pet that it was basically his child and then there were times where i'm just like he's not even really looking at ivan right mm-hmm. i felt like if they re- they either needed to go in a direction where it was way more heartfelt where you really felt invested between their relationship mm-hmm. because honestly I kind of walked away at some points going like, is is he kind of disinterested? Is he kind of lost some kind of love? Is he carry, maybe he can't look at Ivan the same way because it just embodies the broken marriage of his, mm-hmm. of his, him and his wife. I don't know. But yeah. I felt like if they wanted to really. Have some emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and have some real connection between them. I feel like it got lost on the editing floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that that was one criticism I had for the movie. And so I, I didn't know if the movie was really trying to be more heartfelt or if it wanted to be a comedy. Right. And I feel like they tried to shorten it almost so that kids wouldn't lose interest, but they left out some important parts of the story. Like, Well, and that, that's like, that's a huge chunk that me and Abby want to talk about. Because yeah. we dug yeah. really deep into um, the truth, like that, what this is actually based on. Yeah. And there is a, it's, There's a lot it's of issues. much darker. It's way darker, and that's probably why we don't like the mo- this movie. Because okay. Because it does a ter- yeah. we don't think it does a very good job portraying it at all. Okay, so I was going to kind of get into the other animal characters next, but if you, is this a good time, you guys think? Honestly, to... we're not even even really that interested in the other animal characters. We made the comment last night that if they got rid of the chicken and the rabbit, the movie would have been twenty five percent better. Okay. <laughs> um, they were just too. They were the cheesy comedic. Sure. Like they're the comedy relief. Yeah. Guess, but... I will say, though, Henrietta the Chicken is played by Shaka Khan. True. Which, when have you ever seen her in a movie in the last... Wasn't um, Stella voiced by Angelina Jolie? No. Um, st- oh, yes, yes, yes. 
the yes, Angelina Jolie. Yes, elephant, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I looked at that up this morning. And Snickers, the poodle, was voiced by Helen Mirren. There's some pretty impressive names here. Danny DeVito was Bob. Okay, I actually, I think <laughs> I like Danny DeVito the most in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. He was a good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob was great. I I kept looking forward to his scenes the most because yeah. he definitely was a good um, character off of the relationship of. Ivan, but also this kind of mutt dog that snuck onto the set, basically, to the, the zoo or the circus or whatnot. Which yeah. that, that whole thing, like, that relationship where, like, Brian Cranston's Mac, Mac yeah, yeah. doesn't like this dog, and it doesn't, un- I, it just doesn't click why, because here he's looking for this very special, like, showcase to try to save the show. Well, here's this, like, beautiful relationship between a gorilla and a mutt dog, and they're hanging out doing cool stuff. And he's just like, oh, get that dog out of here. Like, I can't feed another mouth. I'm like, dude, that is a lost opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, I, I just thought that was like a, like a big... If uh, you're taking thing. in all these animals, then you shouldn't be so negative about hating this one particular animal. Right. Like, I, it Ooh. just kind of threw me off. It makes yeah. your gorilla happy and the gorilla, like, the dog's not doing any harm. I don't right, know. right. Just, such a weird, like, unwarranted hatred but for I, this dog. I even feel like from what we see of the character Brian Cranston, though, if, like if the dog showed some kind of big talent he would be like, let's get that dog in the True. show. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah th- that was kind of like, that's an interesting point that you make. Here's one thing I had about the rabbit. Um, voiced by Ron Funches, who I love. I think he's a hysterical comedian. I want to know how does his little thing work? Is he, <laughs> is he driving is he that little um, fire truck? Fire truck? I don't know. He I, must be. I think there's a guy who just controls it, who just always secretly follows him around. Like that's his job. Because he drove like, it across the street with no humans around, so he had to... Someone drove it across the street. Yeah. That rabbit is probably the most talented rabbit ever <laughs> and knows how to drive. Well, and the thing is, if, if this rabbit can control that, this guy, this rabbit could control a stealth drone. Yes. And, like, work for the military. Yes. It's like Cyber Bunny <laughs> like, on um, King of Tokyo, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I that was one question I really had watching. I'm like... How is that working exactly? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, I don't really have much else to say about the the animals. And before you guys kind of go into your whole yeah. real life backdrop, I just want to say, I don't know how this zoo circus is struggling within this mall. Like, it very much reminded of me of the mall that we have in our town, which <laughs> has, like, nothing in there. There's no actual, there's no, like, JCPenney, there's no Macy's or anything within this mall. Right. But they have a circus corner where you can go and you can, like, eat your popcorn and watch circus animals basically yes, do their is. tricks. <laughs> I'm like, how is that not doing well? Especially when they have a full silverback gorilla as its main attraction. Right. Like, yeah. if we had that here in Oneonta as a kid, wouldn't you be there I'd every, go there every single week. day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we'd be on a first name basis with that gorilla. <laughs> man, you would you would be that little girl who befriends him at that one point yep. in the movie. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh man. So okay, let's let's pull back the curtain completely. We have this movie is based upon the book, which is based upon the real life circumstance and situation. You guys did the research. Hit us with it. Break our hearts. Okay, here we go. So, um, so yeah, so this this movie is based on a book. And I'm pretty sure this book was written for kids. Yeah, um, Catherine Applegate was the author, I guess. Okay. Um, so, um, so Ivan, th- there's a lot of things that I know Disney, and Disney does this to make the story more, like, um, digestible and, like, more enjoyable to watch because 
if this movie was like how the real story was, you know, uh, it probably wouldn't be very fun for kids to watch. But so, so what it seems like is that Catherine Applegate distorted it to make it a more bo- fun story, and then Disney took it again and distorted it so, some more to make it a movie. So it just it kept it kept being diluted and kept being diluted. So, um, story goes, Ivan um, was not. Uh, at the very end of the movie, they say like, "Oh, Ivan was saved. Was saved from poachers. <laughs> Ivan was kidnapped by poachers and sold by poachers to the to uh, the people in America." Now, so to Brian was... Cranston's character, yeah. No, well, yes, yes and no. I guess um, it seems like cause it's I'm, very I'm different... shady on how that character got him, but he purchased him. From oh, someone, he was and he was purchased. And yeah, now, there's not a whole lot of uh, saving going on. Yeah, <laughs> was purchased. There were six. Uh, there were six baby gorillas that were taken in total. Five of them died in transit. Only oh, Ivan survived. The last time, the uh, the last time Ivan in the full was it 27 years that like he was in captivity. Yep. Um, the last time he saw another gorilla was when he was with those baby gorillas, and when they all died. So that was his only interactions with uh, with gorillas. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, he was uh, he was in fact owned by the, I believe it was a pet shop owner before it was he was uh, sold to um, the owners of the mall. Um, but they he did li- he did it was true he did live in a house as a pet. Um, and for when five he, years for five three uh, yeah okay. Um, and when, you know, gorillas get to be that size, they're huge. Right. And so that part is true. <clears throat> Grown a little bit faster than, um, Django there. Right. <laughs> so, um, there's this mall called the B&I, um, and they had, um, like, just like a little zoo kind of thing. It wasn't a circus. It was more like a little zoo. And so his, his captivity was, we were watching, so, uh, we got a lot of, a lot of great firsthand footage from this awesome documentary called The Urban Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, that was done by National Geographic in 1992. Oh my gosh, you guys took well, deep no, we dive. Like, this the is more great. we dug in, the more we were just like, wow, this is an, inc- an incredible story mm-hmm. that just, you know, um, I hope... Got Disney-fied. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, so his, his, uh, his cell was concrete floor, concrete walls, concrete ceiling. In all, a double wide. All bland. Like, that's it. Nothing, there was nothing in there. He just literally paced back and forth, and that's all he did. Like, there was no, like, him doing tricks. There's just a small window that people would go and bang on the window and look at him. Mm-hmm. No circus, oh no gosh. other animals for him to interact with. It was just literally people would come up to the window and see the gorilla, and he spent 27 years in there. So, this, I mean, this movie really paints a picture of almost kind of like, you know, he has a he's, decent he's, life he's in captivity. To, he you feels know? like it's his responsibility to right. save the show. He and, knows how the show works. You know, he has a two-layered things. He has the... The pe- plexiglass thing up top, you know, and now they said no sunlight, and no grass for twenty-seven years. Oh man! Yeah, he hadn't seen the sky, like crazy, like such crazy stuff. Um, and so it was around, um, was it nineteen eighty-seven? I think that his uh, his circumstances were becoming a little bit more more well known. There was another. Um, there was another gorilla. I think his name was Willie B. Yeah. Will um, it be? And actually, <laughs> almost the same exact circumstances. Oh, same exact Just circumstances. in a different city, different um, people. And so he ended up going to this preserve in, uh, Abby, help me out, Atlanta, the Atlanta yeah. Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, Willie B did, and he acclimated really well. And so... Um, 
The main issue, though, was so that even the owners of Ivan realized, like, they wanted, A, to get a female in there with him so he wouldn't be so lonely. Okay. But, B, it was a very small enclosure. No, and female gorillas are much harder to come by than males. Okay. So, Hmm. just in general, when gorillas travel, they travel in packs. um, And there's usually only one male and possibly a few of his sons. And then the rest of the pack is all females. Because the more males you put in a pack, the more they fight. And sure. then they just kill each other. Is the, yeah, the end of it. Um, uh, so, whenever, there's just, in general, way more females. Um, but the problem is that the females are needed in the packs. The, it's easier to capture a male gorilla because they're off on their own because they got rejected from the pack. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, there are way more... Male gorillas that are kind of in on captivity the yeah. because it's easier to get them. <laughs> and not a lot of people want, were like, like we can't take another male silverback because, yeah, like there's just, there's no room. There's no room, like, all the zoos, you can order. have seven females and one male kind of thing. And okay. then you need a separate enclosure to have seven more females and one male because okay. otherwise the two groups will just fight. Man. So they were actually trying to get a female in there with him so he wouldn't be so lonely, but no one wanted to give up their females. And then they were like, well, maybe we can get him moved to a place where he can be with some more people of his kind because, you know, the local community started saying, like, right. this poor gorilla has been in here forever. It's not right. They're right. starting to realize. Yeah. That. They really um, dramatized it and kind of punched it up a little bit. Yeah. So. And similar situation was happening with this Willie B gorilla who was a couple cities over. Um, and, uh, so it just kind of got some major news. Yeah, it was know. being, pub- it was being publicized. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, so, uh, by this time, well, yeah, by the time, uh, what, ni- 92 rolled around, cause he actually was released, I shouldn't say released, yeah, um, the good news finally happened in 1994. So this documentary came out in 92 when Willie B was introduced, but Ivan was still in captivity then. And they had asked the same zoo, can you take Ivan? And the zoo said, no, we don't have room. You would have to raise enough money for an entire other enclosure for us, basically, you know, several thousands of dollars because we don't have room for any more male gorillas. And all the, you know, any other zoo around town was just about the same. Right. Um, So that's actually where, like, the art came into play. Uh, just a guy who's an anthropologist yeah, was anthropologist, spending yeah. some time with Ivan and, you know, trying to keep him busy and occupied because he was so bored yeah. in this little double wide concrete walls. Like that was where he spent his entire life. So one of the things he tried was putting some paint on a piece of paper, pushing it in his cell and then having Ivan smush it around. Then they sold some of the paintings to help pay for an enclosure for Ivan. So in the long run, they ended up getting him into the Atlanta Zoo. Right? Uh, yeah, well, it was, it was a weird transfer. Basically, there's a point where um, I don't think the mall was doing great, and they had, were facing a ton of pressure. And so, um, so yeah, I think he was donated uh, to this, I think it was Woodside. It was a different zoo, more, more local. Uh-huh. And then, and then they, that zoo permanent, uh, permanently loaned him to the, uh, uh, the Atlanta Zoo. And so it was so incredible because they were, they were showing... Uh, uh, later on, we were kind of. I was watching this video of an interview with this one lady who spent the rest of her time, of the the following years of his life, what it was like reintroducing him to the new enclosures and everything. Sure. And like footage of him, like 
um, looking at flowers for the first time, feeling the grass for the first time, oh looking at gosh. the sky for the first time. And she was saying, like, he didn't like <clears throat> the rain. Every time it rained, he would go back inside because he didn't know what was happening. Yeah, because like, he yeah. never experienced rain. And so what this they... so sad. You yeah, guys are really um, bringing me down here. Well, and this is, like, the more we dug, the more we're just like, this is incredible. Like, really important to... And it was also cool because this happened so long ago. And, you know, that was... I mean, 92, that was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Not nuts. But um, they they wanted to help Ivan with the whole uh, rain thing. So they wanted it to be <clears throat> more natural. So they gave him two burlap sacks. And so what he would do is if he, if he didn't like walking on, on like wet grass, and so he'd have one burlap sack he'd, he'd carry over his head, and he'd put one burlap sack on the ground, he'd step on it, he'd turn around, grab the other burlap sack and throw it in front of him, step on that burlap sack, and then turn the one behind him. He literally made himself a burlap sack pass. It's like, it's like he's playing the floor as lava. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Yeah. He was so smart. <laughs> so, so ultimately, he it did have a happy ending. Um, and, uh, you know, he was able to um, reacclimate to, um, you know, a little bit more of a natural lifestyle. But um, it said that he always always ended up preferring the company of humans um, um. In, the, in the end always um, and they he they were not able to successfully breed um, breed him I think wow. they tried mm-hmm. but they, they he never had some offspring um, and, and they're trying they're trying to because they're on the endangered species list sure. I think they still are so they're actually on the critically endangered species right. so it goes endangered is like we need to do something to help you know help these animals critically endangered is the next step is extinct yeah like they are very much on the verge of being extinct gosh so yeah the story was like so now now when we look at this movie we're like terrible movie (laughs) can we we leave the real world for (laughs) i think the thing that ticked me off the most besides the facial expressions was the ending of the movie sure when they said like this is based on a true story awesome like that's great Mm. and then they said and ivan was successfully transferred um to a place where he could roam free in several acres of uh this grassland we looked it up and it was like it was was 1.8 acres it's 1.8 in real life that was one thing that confused me i'm like oh great they're gonna bring it or fast forward to the very end of the movie like they you see them like we're gonna take them out to the wild and then i'm like what kind of facility is this? Like, there's a bunker that opens up and allows them. I'm like, I, I think guess that can work. And then I was like, this is the Atlanta Zoo. And I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean? He's so- free. And somehow he's in an enclosure with a bunch of elephants in this giant vast Sahara. Like, it's yeah, this was- huge, never ending grassland. And I'm like, okay, he got moved to a zoo, which is better than where he was, but zoos still have their problems. <laughs> like,. <laughs> I feel like there could have been like I would have really enjoyed watching if this if they focused or had a good deal of the story on like, you know, the the part of him reacclimating to a different life mm-hmm. and just like that would have been interesting or like the interactions between him and the other gorillas like who are you you know and him being like I've sure. never seen mm-hmm. I thought it was only me yeah. you know and just like I thought I think that would have been very cool and I I think there's just a really cool opportunity and to to have that and be live action because it almost sounds similar to like Madagascar those movies you know which are super fun those Uh are super funny the Madagascar movies I love those and again I'm going back to the movie as well yeah yeah, yeah, you guys are like bringing me down Um, (laughs) I feel like if the movie needed to be more heartfelt or needed way more comedy for it to work 
Yeah. One or the other. Madagascar went the comedy route, and it was great. Yeah. And, like, you know, they're not trying to have the most realistic animals. So no. So that's fine that their cartoons talking. Right. Like, when you see the, <laughs> the characters become steaks yeah. in front of the lion. I love that. Yeah, this... I, I could have used more. Like, the jokes in it were not... Like, I, I guess the script just needed some punch-ups from somebody else. a lot of, else. like, fart jokes. <laughs> that bit. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple times too where like I feel like the story was forced along. Like I think one particular time is at the end where the little girl is like, "Daddy, shouldn't we do the right thing?" In in terms of like trying yeah. to like talk to a reporter and like here's a situation that that's presented the movie here. This man who like they're, they're, the mother is dead, which is classic Disney. He's a custodian. No, she has cancer. She's not dead. She's not? No, she's she's going. Yeah, she's... She has cancer. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, he's a custodian at a zoo. You got a mother who's dying of cancer. Like, he's not making bank shoveling, like, gorilla poop. And she's and she's like, shouldn't we do the right thing and free him? Which means he's not going to have a job. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, this affects, like, all the... Like, tons of people's jobs. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't... Like, yeah. I, I think kids are like, yeah, that's a great idea. But part of me is also like, people's lives are going to be also really messed up too in terms of like yeah. jobs and like, and maybe we should figure out another job before we just you know right, which is this bridge which up. is a yeah, it's, I mean <laughs> which is which is a good topic. I think it is trying to like give us some kind of message, obviously to the kids, right? Which is definitely needed because mm-hmm. as we know in real life, these situations that surround these kind of circumstances are really awful. Like it seems like with movies like The Greatest Showman and other things, like there's always this negative publicity that goes around the story of it and here it is again with ivan the one and only ivan yeah um but it's always like pt bardem was not that great of a dude you know what i mean and (laughs) but we kind of celebritize these characters and these figures of of real life and it's like how they're treating animals how they're treating um those with different disabilities you know and kind of just within the history books yep is pretty appalling you know and it's just like how many times do we have to try to go back to this well of telling these stories of zoos and circuses and animals that are kind of, you know, basically ripped away from their homes and put in enclosed spaces for our enjoyment? Is It's really kind of, it's really like, there's not much there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, so they, they, they try to... Basically what happens... I, I'm going to go back a little bit more to the story of this movie. Um, Ruby shows up. Um, Stella, who's the old elephant played by Angelina Jolie, wants Ruby to be free um, and not be a circus animal, basically. And um, Stella, here's a spoiler from the movie, she dies. Um, she gets sick. Um and she asks Ivan to basically help the um, Ruby get out. And um, he, so he starts trying to figure out ways. And and I, I think another problem that I actually have with this movie, and I forgot to say it before. I feel like I love Sam Rockwell as an actor. Yeah. Um, he is, he was one of the best parts in Iron Man 2. I love him in the movie Moon. Moon is fantastic. You really get to see him act his uh, socks off in that movie he's kind of boring in this like ivan is not that interesting no <laughs> you know it's like he, he does art his personality is not like gripping yeah it's yeah. just kind of like he just kind of goes with whatever happens to him throughout it he's not really exciting 
Yeah. And then yeah. they had a lot to work with. It's yeah. just such a letdown. Like, I did some other, um, looking at documentaries this morning of, like, who was Ivan? What kinds of things did he do? And um, uh, I thought the most interesting thing was that he, uh, a lot of gorillas paint. Okay, that's not a new thing right sure. now. He wasn't the first gorilla to paint. But the biggest thing was that um, at the Atlanta Zoo, they were trying out painting again with him because they heard he had a pass to that. And he was the only gorilla who could paint um, without human assistance, essentially. Okay. So uh, most of the other gorillas, if you hand them a canvas, they snap it in half. If you hand them a paintbrush, they put it in their mouth. That kind of thing. You know, it was... Sounds like me. Not <laughs> as <laughs> uh, beautiful as you would imagine. It was more of a, like... Here, I'll hold this. You put this arm through the cage and wiggle your arm around and paint with it kind of thing. Okay. Very, very much assisted. So they're not doing a big mosaic no. um, <laughs> scenery of the water and the grass like you see in the climax of this film. But Ivan was the only gorilla to date, at least as far as this documentary was made, um, that you could hand him a canvas and a paintbrush and the paint. And he would do the work without breaking it and without, like, throwing okay. it. And he actually, like, seemed to enjoy it more right. than being forced to paint. <laughs> sure, sure. He was also, like, selective about the paint colors. Yeah. Like, he would specifically, like, point at different colors and they'd hand him a certain another color. Mm -hmm. And then he'd put that back after using it and point at another one. And mm. then, like, go back. Apparently, he They loved, said red was his favorite red. color. He loved going, he loved using red. And so, for a little bit, they, they actually purposely kept red away from him to just have him explore other colors that okay. he just loved. Otherwise he would keep picking red and then only paint red pictures. <laughs> red on red on red on red. Okay. But like they had some stuff to work with there, sure. you know? And they just left all that out. <laughs> so what did you think of the the whole art aspect within this movie all in all, Abby, being the artist? It was very cute and a good way to like explain to kids that yes, he wants to be back in the wild, but... Yeah, it bothers me that that's not how it happened, and yet they're saying at the end of the movie, yes, he was this great painting girl, and I'm like, yeah, but the way that you're describing it in the movie is not right, not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine how he could really be able to, you know, basically being captured. How he could visualize... Paint a Van Gogh. Yes, really, yeah. <laughs> it was very Van Gogh. You're right. It was. Yeah. Oh man, what did you think, TT? Of the art? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I can't really, I don't really much to say because the only things of art that I saw were his hand paintings and uh, in the thing. But yeah, he never saw anything. He had, you know, perhaps, Nothing I mean, go off of. perhaps he was basing off of, so Stella in the movie, Stella was, um, remembers being, um, being in the wild and perhaps, and she loved to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps their, their, the way around it was him, Ivan, imagining what the outdoors actually looked like mm -hmm. and i think i think that that could be taken from that too sure. you're right because you know otherwise yeah like <laughs> you would have no idea but i think that's really what happened is that he was just imagining it well um is there anything else that we really want to say about this movie before <laughs> to, we kind of criticize anymore? <laughs> well yeah i mean it's hard to really when you with so much the case with movies that are based on real life experiences once you know the true story behind it, it yeah. definitely, um, I don't know, it's not a wet blanket, but it kind of deflates the movie yeah. to some degree. I think the warning to parents here is that after these movies, your kids are always going to come home saying they want a monkey, they want an ape, they want a pet, whatever. And that's great. Like, 
you should ha definitely have your kids be interested in animals and animal conservation. But you do need to know <laughs> that pet apes are not safe right. in the slightest. Like, uh, to keep it PG, I mean, the, having the small girl in the movie sit next to a silverback's cage is not a good idea. Right. The little, um, the little girl in the Yeah, movie. and she's like sticking her arms in there and stuff and... If it was a female gorilla, female gorillas are actually pretty mellow and like, you know, mm -hmm. we you we saw some stuff on documentaries this morning where, yeah, like if you have spent time with them, letting them play with kids is totally fine because they're natural mothers and that kind of stuff. Coco the gorilla was so gentle. Silverbacks, their job is to fight. They will kill their own sons so that their sons don't take over their group. Like that's the kind of reality they live in. Yeah. Which and would have been very interesting to put it into a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I'm so haunted by, like, back in the 90s, everyone was getting apes and uh, chimpanzees and sure. stuff because they were great pets. And then if you ever want to look up a story They'll online. Just rip your face off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Travis the chimpanzee. Just go look it up. It's a terrifying story about a lady who took in a baby chimp and let it grow up in her house. And uh, then it ate her neighbor. <laughs> Travis. Oh, okay. man. So, you know, just keep. Keep that in mind. Um, some animals are best when we leave them in their natural habitats. But also don't explain to your kids, no, you can't have a chimp because he'll rip your face off. Fair. But I'm going to tell Django that. <laughs> okay. Can't <laughs> argue with that. <clears throat> All right. So I think what I'll do is um, let me start off. I'll give my ending thoughts, my closing thoughts of this movie um, with my star rating. Um, I'll give it out of rabbits on fire trucks okay <laughs> um yeah i i there are things i definitely i liked the movie to some degree i i enjoyed um the characters the the animals to, to some extent i i thought the baby elephant was cute mm -hmm. i i thought a story on um you know not taking animals from their their origin their home um is a very good story to get out there for kids um yeah, I, I just think it needed to... There was things that were missing within the movie, I think, that got lost in the editing, where I wanted to see more of a heartfelt connection between Brian Cranston and Ivan to, that would make that decision harder for him. I feel like at some times within this movie, Ivan was a, like an afterthought to him, mm -hmm. that he didn't really love him anymore, which was like, I think... I don't know if that was purposeful on the point of the director, but that's kind of the feeling that I got out of it. Um, and I could have just used some more comedy. I think Danny DeVito brought some really funny stuff for the movie. Um, Ron Funches, I think, is a great comedic presence that he could have done some really funny things if they yeah. had him do more. Um, I think it had the potential of either being, again, heartfelt or funny, and it kind of missed the boat on both of those. But all in all, I think I feel just pretty average about the movie in comparison to everything else that's on Disney Plus that's original content. I'm going to give it three out of five um, rabbits, rabbits on, on fire, trucks. fire trucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I, I generally enjoy any... I always enjoy the ride, no matter what movie I'm watching. Um, this one is one, again, I, I probably won't watch again, and I probably won't tell people about it outside of this podcast um you know and and uh, it was i mean i will say it was it was a great gateway to look deeper into the story 
Um, but I don't think that was the intention of the movie, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, say, if you want to learn more about Ivan, go to blah, blah, blah. Um, I would probably only give it two rabbits mm-hmm. on top of a fire truck. Okay. Um, only two. Okay. That's fair. I'd give it 2.5 chickens playing baseball. Ah, that's right. Shaka Khan chickens playing baseball. Yeah, it had a good message. It's good for kids to watch. Parents are not going to enjoy it. Okay. All right. Well, that is our review for the one and only Ivan. Um, when we get back from break, we're going to take a look at everything that has been announced to come um, for next month in September, just about a week away. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, so, guys, you have both been a part of previous episodes where we would go through the news from the past week. We're going to do something different. Um, it's the end of the month. So, what we do is we look at everything that has been announced that is coming to Disney Plus the following month. They always, always give like a, a month heads up, you okay. know. And so, what we do is we break this down into three different categories. We kind of go through that list. Talk about is if there's anything that's interesting to you that you want to talk about, you might want to check out, <clears throat> and then we'll go on to the next list. The first one is anything that's an original Disney Plus content. So there's shows, the movies, whatever. Number two is National Geographic. And then number three is anything that's being added that is um, from their library of Disney movies or shows or shorts or... Anything that's an acquisition from either like Star Wars, Marvel, or um, 20th Century Fox, something like that. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So, here's a list of everything that is going to be coming as an original Disney Plus content. Every Friday for the month of September, we'll be getting new episodes from the short series One Day at Disney and the series called Weird But True. Weird But True is a kid's show that's kind of a National Geographic thing for kids. Um, then also, um, September 4th, we have the new edition of Mulan, um, the, the live action one. Um, we've talked about this for the past couple weeks, but what's going to happen with that is if you have a Disney plus membership, you can basically purchase to watch Mulan for 30 more dollars. Um, (laughs) why would you do that? So you pay $30 and you'll have it as long as you have your subscription to Disney plus Moving forward. Oh, baloney. I was so excited to watch it because we paid for Disney. All right. So moving on to the next thing. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. We get the finale of, um, this is still September 4th, the finale of Muppets Now. Um, The finale of the show Pixar in Real Life, which is always just kind of, they come out with an episode every month. Um, This one is um, for you, Tyler. Coco um, Ambulita says no music. So it's just like hitting camera shows where they have Pixar stuff. It's really kind of cute if you haven't seen it. Um, And then we're also going to get on September 4th. It's actually a pretty busy month. Every episode of a new series called Earth to Ned. This is a show from the Jim Henson Company. It is in the form of a late night talk show hosted by an alien, alien commander who calls off an invasion of Earth after falling in love with its culture. The trailer came out this past week. And it seems like they have people like, oh man, they have a lot of different people looks like kind of stepping in and being interviewed in like a talk show format. Um, 
September 18th, we get a series, all 10 episodes of a series called Becoming. This this show is produced by LeBron James, and it's a docuseries, and we get to take a look at celebrities and athletes and how their hometown and childhoods shape them into who they are today. Um, This will include Adam Devine, Anthony Davis, um, Ashley Tisdale, and Rob Gronkowski from the Patriots, who is their um, tight end, and also many more. Then also we have on the 25th, two other things coming. We have a new movie, which is called The Secret Society of uh, Second Born Royals. Um, This was originally supposed to come out in July, but it got pushed back. My guess was because of Hamilton and being too close to that. It stars Disney's um, famed Disney Channel star Peyton Elizabeth Lee. She was in that show Allie Mack or something like that. I never saw it. It was a little after my time. And it focuses on, just as the title sounds, an elite group of super, not superheroes, but heroes made up of the second line in succession royalty. So it's like, if my older brother was going to become king, I would be a part of this elite group. I don't know. And then a series... The king. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then also... The 25th of September, we have a new series that will start. It's the premiere of The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's a show that will be produced again by National Geographic and will be narrated by none other than the superstar of everything Disney, Josh Gad. Um, And it will be a backstage pass for the Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So that's all the new stuff that's coming. That's original Disney content, Disney Plus content for Disney Plus. Anything you guys want to talk about? Yeah, you know what we're talking about. Um, Secret Society of Second Second Born Royals. Yeah. What the heck is this garbage with buying Mulan? $30? (laughs) Like, I get it. I know what the. Would the DVD even cost $30? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess I just wait till DVDs cost like $10. (laughs) I get why they're doing it because typically, if a family is going to go see this movie, like, you're thinking of ticket prices, and like, that's about what the ticket price is, but like, yeah, they gotta make up. You gotta. They gotta make up their costs somehow with the making of this movie. Because yeah, Disney is really hurting for money. That's for certain. Because <laughs> <But> somehow... <laughs> that's that's their problem. I mean, from to some level, <laughs> I agree with you. But on another level, I'm like, you dish out all this money to make a movie and to not really make a profit off of it at all is but really discouraging. But how does Netflix do it then? Netflix makes so much money somehow, and they don't have movies in theaters. Or advertisements. Either. Netflix is in debt. And it's a constant oh. in debt situation where they never are ever expected to get out of it. So, like, if you're a director, you're like, I want to make a movie. Netflix is like, we'll take it. We'll just borrow more money and you can make your movie. So, it just is like, and oh, there's, you can make the movie that you want without too much control oh. from us as a, a production company. So okay, that, that makes more sense. That's why you kind of get some subpar stuff through Netflix as well, as far as movies go. Oh, apparently yeah. subpar stuff through Disney, as we just discussed. <laughs> I anyway. mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. I'm going to watch the movie. Well, I mean, then we're watching it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Peter's house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I do get that. But hmm. $30, I feel if they made it like... 10 bucks, I'd consider it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Still, like, that would be just, like, you going to the movies and getting a bag of popcorn. You know what well, I mean? Like, popcorn, yeah. ain't, popcorn ain't helping Disney, though. Like, That's we're true. going to our, our theater, we, and we would normally go see a matinee show. We buy uh, snacks to Let's say 15 bucks. I'd pay 15, yeah. bu- I'd pay 15 bucks to see it, because that would be me and Abby to going to go see it. But, like, I don't know. Eh. Yeah. It's... It's it's a tricky thing. I mean, yeah. there's. I feel like there's. They're no, trying to cut their losses. There's no. I feel the and again, just like the other thing. Like the more the more I I look into it, like the more it makes sense. But like, 
I'm not paying $30 to watch Mulan. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait for it to, like, I don't know. Five uh, years from now. To I'll find see. it in a bargain bin for $5 in sure. a year. And we don't know how long before it'll be made free for everybody else on Disney+. Plus. Usually movies, after they're in theaters and they go to be on... To, you know, to be rented, to be bought in the store, or even in some cases made on streaming and whatever, it's usually like at least three months. Right. Mm-hmm. So who knows how long before that $30 price tag just gets cut to nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who are kind of wondering why, because uh, this is one of the big movies that has been pushed back with everything with Corona. And some people, some other thought that people are like, okay, why not do this with Black Widow? I think you would find that more people would be willing to shell out $30 to see Black Widow, which also got pushed back Mm. on Disney Plus than Mulan, which I think is more of a niche market, you know, than Black Widow, which everyone wants to see the newest Marvel thing. Sure, that's true. So, um, anything else from Disney Plus original content you're interested in talking about? That alien space talk show sounds interesting. Yeah, that did sound interesting. You guys like Muppets and Jim Henson stuff? Yes. Oh, do I like puppets? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Well, Labyrinth over here. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so you guys, you should check out the trailer. It looks it looks pretty cute. It's going to definitely be like a, a Muppet alien thing okay. sitting behind the desk. So it's going to definitely be more of a feel of like David Letterman and Jay Leno and all and Stephen Colbert, you know. And That's just and such having... a fun idea. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely checking that out. It kind of reminds me of, remember Space Ghost? Space Ghost? Yeah. Oh, that's Space Ghost. No, not Space Ghost. Coast to Coast, is that what it was called? It was, on, it was like Cartoon <laughs> Network, and it was an interview show, and it was all the same kind of thing. Oh, okay, and I... <laughs> I like Space Ghost. I don't have cable growing up, so I never saw it, I guess. I'm definitely interested in that, and I'm really interested in actually watching the, the Disney um, Animal Kingdom series, even though I don't really care for Josh Gad anymore. I'm like... Just overused. Disney's like, let's put him in everything. You Who know? is he? He's Olaf. He's <laughs> oh, um, oh, LeFou okay. in the okay. Beauty and the Beast yes. movie. It's oh, just he's like, doing it? Yeah. What a weird choice. No, it's not a weird choice. Disney loves him. They just want him to do everything now. I'm just, he's kind of annoying to me. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but I, I love Disney World, and I think Jess loves the Animal Kingdom. That's her like favorite park to go to. Yeah. Down in Disney World, so. Oh, I've never been to Disney World, so maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> Is that gonna help? Yeah, it's <laughs> like gonna come out. Disney World. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's gonna come out on the twenty fifth, so at the end of the month, um, <laughs> after you get down from watching uh, Mulan for the fiftieth time. <laughs> right. Um, do you guys want to go to the the next list? Look at National Geographic. Yes, that sounds great. Okay, so a little bit less than what we usually see, um, and I'll just run through this. So, starting with September 4th, we have Ancient China from Above, Season 1. On the 11th, we don't get anything from National Geographic, but from on the 18th, we'll get Europe from Above, Season 1. What's that India, mean from above? I think it's just like going to be skyline, kind of maybe um, drones or airplanes. People. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but we get Europe from Above, Season 1, on the 18th. We get India from Above, Season 1, on the 18th. Kingdom of the Mummies, season one. Notre Dame, Race Against the Inferno, which is a documentary. Oil Spill of the Century, 
Wicked Tuna Season 9. And then on the 25th, we have The Giant Robber Crab. <laughs> sorry. Nine seasons of Wicked Tuna? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish the list. Let me finish it. All right, the 25th, The Giant Robber Crab, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted Season 2, Port Protection Alaska Season 3, Wild Central America Season 1, and X-Ray Earth Season 1. That's the list for National... And Wicked Tuna Season 9. It's a popular show. But why? Okay, so in, in New England, I only watch this a little bit. In New England... Deep sea fishing, especially for stuff like tuna, yeah. you get that inland, and you're like, you got a big tuna. They're like nine hundred pounds. Yeah, you 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 make bank off of that. There's like, it's a very exciting notion. It's the kind of thing you're like, why would I be interested in this world? And then you turn on an episode, and you're like, I must have more. You know, it's just like that it's kind true. of a show. That that show about crab boat was, fishing. Yeah, what's that called? Was, the most dangerous catch or something? That was like much that? more interesting yes. than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not called, like, Wicked Tuna, either. Like, dangerous catch. Like, oh, what are they catching? Sounds dangerous. Not like, Wicked Tuna. Well, you get Wicked Tuna. It's because it's, it's Boston, I you know? know I know, I know. New England. It's like... Nine seasons, you, though. You know what this means, Tyler. You and I are going to have to cover Wicked Wicked Tuna for the podcast. <laughs> All nine seasons. <laughs> I'm going to be so invested you in a different what? fisherman. You know what? Yeah, I'll do. I'll do season <laughs> nine of Wicked Tuna. Sure. I'm starting to phase or uh, make my language more appropriate for children now that we have one. So I'm going to start using the phrase Wicked Tuna. Wicked Tuna. I like Wicked. I say Wicked quite a bit. No, I do too. I do too. I just never say tuna after <laughs> um anything else on this that you would actually check out from national geographic you know i feel like in general anytime we watch national geographic we always are like you know what i feel good we learned something watching yeah. this we oh, should do i'm that gonna definitely often. watch the mummy ones i yeah. love learning about mummies in ancient egypt i don't know about spying on people in india but <laughs> i have a feeling that they're doing china from above because they china won't let us in like Specifically, specifically Wuhan. Let's look at Wuhan from above. What's going on there? I think the one that I, I don't usually... I haven't checked out much from National Geographic unless it's been through, like a Disney Plus exclusive show. Um, but the one that I'm probably the most interested in is actually Notre Dame Race Against the Inferno. Because it's all about that fire that took place in Notre Dame right, last year. Right, that's right. And yes. I was like, oh my god. I saw the image and I was like, oh, that's what this is about. You know, and I was just like... That might be interesting to watch. You know, it's sad that I've already forgotten that happened. And that was like, oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I got to see that now, too. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to mention off of this before we get to the last category? Nah, that thought was pretty wicked. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so again, the last category is anything that's a part of the Disney library that's been missing sometimes. It's because of pre-existing agreements between Disney Studios and something like Netflix or Amazon or HBO, whatever it may be but also some of them being acquisitions from 20th Century Fox. We're seeing a lot more of that being the case. So that's what I was wondering about this whole gorilla thing. We watched a documentary on YouTube that was National Geographic, but it was not in well, Disney we didn't, Plus. But we didn't, yeah, I guess we didn't really hunker down through National Geographic. I right. Know. No, I, also, I searched apes on Disney Plus to see what else they had, and mm-hmm. they did not have very much. Well, in a lot of the cases, through the history of like Disney and also probably National Geographic and... I guess even Star Wars, you know, and different things, you're not going to be able to find everything within that library. Yeah. True. Um, because especially some things that later on in history, like, ooh, that is problematic. We don't necessarily want to do that. Maybe National Geographic is like, for kids, 
this might not be appropriate enough for what we want to make, you know, accessible on Disney Plus. I mean, so that's why there's a lot that's honestly missing from the Disney library, which Disney's kind of like, we're just going to scrub that off our records. Right. Yep. Um, but we see more things being added um, later on. So um, shall I hit this list? Hit it. All right. So on September 1st, we're going to actually get the drop of the, the new Cinderella movie that came out um, last like eight years oh. or so. The live action Cinderella movie. Um, Lily James. One? What's that? The one with Brandy? Nope. That was from oh. the 90s. This was, um, they're, they're actually, some people are asking for that. Brandy wants that to go on Disney+. Plus. I love that movie. Um, we have it upstairs on DVD, actually. Um, so you can and borrow it. Whenever. VHS. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Anyway, Cinderella coming on the 1st. Cool. Um, September 4th, D2, The Mighty Ducks, <gasps> D3, The Mighty Ducks, um, Never Been Kissed, the movie with Drew Barrymore, Ooh. Strange Magic, <laughs> um, a Disney short that was missing that's in time for um, Halloween, it's called Trick or Treat, and the X-Men movie, The Wolverine, the one that takes <gasps> place in Japan. Yes. Oh, booyah. Wait, that's appropriate for children, but National Geographic is not? We're going to keep going on the list. <laughs> September 11th, we only have one edition in this category, and that's the Christopher Robin movie, um, where Ian McGregor stars at Christopher Robin. Yep, um, September 18th, we have season two of Coop and Cammy Ask the World. We have the movie Ever After, a Cinderella story, another Drew Barrymore movie. <laughs> Um, season four of Marvel Superhero Adventures. Seasons one through seven of Once Upon a Time. I thought you were going to say Wicked Tuna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one likes season eight, though. It's right to nine. Seasons two through three of Soy Luna. Um, season three of Violetta. And then on uh, September 25th, we get Fancy Nancy, Fancy It Yourself, season two. The Disney Oceans documentary. Um, season two of the Muppet Babies. It's not the old Muppet Babies that we would have grown up on. It's a new series of it. And then season two of Sydney to the Max. All right, guys, what do you want to talk about? So first thing, we're not supposed to say things in between each thing. I like your honest reaction. I love your honest reaction as I read this. I love Ever After. That is like the best love movie. And I don't like most love movies. <laughs> yeah, I, that's so funny. They, we have two that are um, within this list that are Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Kind of height of her popularity in the early 2000s, late 90s of Never Been Kissed and Ever After, A Cinderella Story. <laughs> so here's a question. Does she get like, uh, does she get like any like additional money for like it being on Disney Plus or like she's paid, she's done, it's like. Like, I don't know how that works. Well, they get royal... I'm, they must get royalty checks okay. to some degree when they get released on streaming and whatnot, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's so funny? Because I... Re Here's the thing with the Mighty Ducks is I don't know that I've ever actually seen them, but I've certainly seen the trailers. <laughs> I never saw someone so excited about the second and third Mighty Ducks movie coming on Disney Plus who has never seen them. No, because I... Cause, all right, so I had um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I remember um, D2 um, being advertised in the trailer on the, on the VHS tape. And, like, I just... Because I watched the movie so often so when I was a kid, and so I have the D2. I can run the D2 trailer in my head. Close your eyes, boom, it's Boom, playing. and there it is. And they're, like, like, roller skating to train and all this type of stuff. And, like, I feel like I've seen the movie. 
So now I actually want to watch it for real. You say roller skating? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're training. They're training. They're they, they do like hockey, oh, but they're training. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ready to... Uh, do a little marathon of all three of them on yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, at the same time. DJ that... and I just watched the first one the other day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you watched it without him. Uh, uh, that's true. So another reaction you guys had as I read through this list, I loved it because it was just so authentic. <laughs> was the Wolverine? You guys yeah. excited about more X Men movies <laughs> oh, dropping on Disney Plus? Yes. DJ just had his first introduction to Hugh Jackman, and he loved it. So mm. <laughs> we are watching. Um, <laughs> and then. The last thing I really want to talk about from this list is Once Upon a Time, Seasons 1 through 7. Oh, right. We only watched that in Bluefields way back when. Yeah, so was this like is bringing back, back. Back in the day of Carl and the Higgins hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wondering if we were going to talk about. So, Tyler, give us a little backstory so the listeners know Wait, what know you're talking about. I'm pretty sure they did. Anyway, so there's, there's a time uh, in... Uh, in Campus Ambassadors days, uh, just like our campus ministry, um, where uh, my best bud Carl came up to live with me, and uh, he was participating in Campus Ambassadors, and he became like really good friends with like this g- group of roommates who all lived in Higgins. Yes, yeah, so this and, one dorm. And this one particular dorm, and like one thing they all did together was watch Once Upon a Time, and so there's Carl, and like I always just envisioned him like the rooster, and they're all a bunch of hens just like hanging <laughs> out, so I just called them the Higgins hens. And I guess it just kind of caught on, but yeah, they used to watch it. Oh my gosh, I just... Every Sunday, Every Sunday like, we would get out of night church, basically, yep. at our church, and we would go over to Bluefields. The girls and Carl would watch <laughs> Once Upon a Time, and then that would wrap up, and then we would put on The Walking, the Walking, Walking Dead, Dead. That's when, right. back in the day. There was like a good year, a good two years, three. We did that forever before, before the show kind of got stinky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I just, when I saw that drop, I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about yeah. Carl and the Higgins hens the and Higgins our hens. Um, our memories. I hope Carl listens to this episode because he's getting a shout out. Yeah, that's right. All the Higgins hens. Because now he's married to one of the hens. He is. He he selected a hen. That's true. <laughs> oh man, so much fun, so great. I I love this. Um, that was one of my favorite things to be able to talk about and add onto the podcast. All right, so that's this week's show of Extreming Disney. Um, I want to thank Tyler and Abby both for coming on and reviewing a movie that um, did not necessarily um, get the love as Fantasia did or Onward did back in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you guys for coming on and, and hanging out with me and talking about Disney+. Plus. Yeah, until Wicked Tuna, man. <laughs> until Wicked Tuna. Anything you guys want to plug and let our listeners know about? Um, um, nah, I don't know. I've been learning a lot about soap products from... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you plugging that? <laughs> awesome. So on the next episode that Abby is on, we're going to talk about soap, everyone. Stay tuned. It's going to be um, enlightening, to say the least. All right. Uh, see you guys later. I'm saying bye to you guys. Bye. Bye, baby. We're going to make soap, apparently. It's like Fight Club over here.
All right, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's show. I got a couple announcements for you. First of all, obviously, I first got to say it again. Thank you for Tyler and Abby for coming on to this week's show. Secondly, I need your guys' opinion on everything, all my listeners. Um, I need to figure out what would you rather have as being a special episode focused on a Disney Plus original series in a few weeks. Um, I wanted to come out with this episode prior to the Emmys premiering on television. Um, The Emmys, as you know, um, honors the best in television and what's on streaming. And Disney Plus has a few nominations. And I want to honor a show that we haven't talked about yet, either The Imagineering Story or The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Um, They're both nominated. I know we're not doing The Mandalorian yet. The Mandalorian has been nominated for like 15 Emmy nominations, and that's just crazy. But I want to do something special for The Mandalorian before season two premieres, so we're just going to hold off on that for now. So on the Facebook page, if you can vote for one of those two, that would be great. Either The World According to Jeff Goldblum or The Imagineering Story. Thanks. Okay, for the, for the I got something special else for you guys to fill you in on. For the next two weeks, we're going to have a special event. I'm excited about this. This is all going to be in celebration of a particular movie that is going to be, I think, on the, on the tongues, on the lips of all of us here, um, Mulan. To do this, I am welcoming back onto the show Melody Gibson. Mel Gibson, she's coming back. This time, though, for next week, we're going to welcome on her husband, Cody, to um, record alongside with us. And so the three of us, we're actually going to talk about the original Mulan. So that's going to be done all in time for the new Milan, which is going to be um, hitting Disney Plus that following week. So, of course, that following week after um, I sit down with Cody and Mel, we're going to be talking about the new Mulan. So it's going to be two weeks of Mulan. So I hope you guys love that movie, the original, because we're going to do that next week. And then the following week, we're going to talk about the, the remake that is coming exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Hope you guys can watch it. Hope you guys are going to shill out that money to watch it. Um, so we'll see. I'll talk to you guys. Let me know your thoughts. I'll see you next week on Extreme Disney. Bye-bye.